Hi guys, it's Parissa from 168. Welcome to episode 11. We're up to of the 168 podcast. And today I'm here with Marianne from Nutrition Solutions Sydney via Zoom. Thank you so much for joining me today. No, thanks for having me. It's great. How's it, how's it going? How's your day in lockdown been so far? Um, I mean, lockdown, um, we've just recently renovated a new office. So we spent the first four weeks of lockdown renovating to get us occupied. And we're just in a new, brand new office. Not really able to show it out to too many people at the moment, no. unfortunately. But um, it's been good. Like I can't complain. Um, there's a lot happening in our lives, so yeah, yeah. It's a bit of downtime, but we're we're, we're kicking up, waiting for the summer to kick in and ready to sort of get back into things. Amazing, amazing. Um, now, Marianne, you are a, an accredited sports dietitian. You've worked with thousands of people, um, you know, athletes and average everyday mums and dads and, um, you know, all sorts of people to help their health and their nutrition and well-being. I want to kick off with a little bit of, um, I get, and this is a question I get asked a lot as well at the gym is what does a dietitian do? What's the difference between dietitian, nutritionist, um, and why should yeah. someone come and see you? And, and specifically, uh, there's so much on social media from unqualified people who maybe call themselves a nutritionist or call themselves this person or that person and, and you know, putting out yeah. information that's probably not 100% accurate. Um, tell me a little bit about, you know, what it is that you guys do and how you help everyday people with yeah, their health. Absolutely. So in terms of the, the differentiation between nutritionist and um, dietitian, um, basically uh, a nutritionist can get the entitlement of having that nutritionist um, by doing like a certain short course or even if they're doing something like um, a Bachelor of Science Nutrition yeah. um, at the university, yeah. you are actually classified as nutritionist. So the, the type of jobs, because um, we are also qualified nutritionists, yeah. so types of jobs that they would often go to is maybe working in more like uh, public health, sure. um, maybe working in like big companies like Nestle um, with a little bit of the, like nutrient analysis development and so on. Yeah. Um, as a dietitian though, we go on to study um, like for a master's degree, so it's doing an extra couple of years and that's basically going into a little bit more about the clinical side of things. So that's dealing with you know, patient um, diet and disease-related diseases, yep. working in hospitals. Um, so basically the, the difference is that we are a part of an accreditation, so the Dietitian Association, yep. and we actually are legally um, allowed to sort of prescribe plans according to patients with specific diseases. So if someone is a nutritionist prescribing a patient with a typical disease like celiac or let's say even diabetes, um, they're really the insurance and stuff doesn't really cover cover that cost if anything happens to the patient yeah. um, in that regard. So we definitely have a little bit more of extensive knowledge yeah. um, in that aspect and are also entitled to work in a hospital as well. Yeah. Um, to be a sports scientist, it requires further studies. Um, so then you have to do another course and then it takes around two years to sort of get your accreditation. Is that um, on top of the... Sorry, that's on top of so you on top of the five years. Wow. Okay. Yes. So that you can do that in your own time. Um, so basically, it's just sort of like a weekend course at the AIS in Canberra that yep. we attend to in Sydney, um, and then you sort of have to show your accreditation for the year with doing certain things um, in terms of like seeing patients or doing case studies or attending sort of seminars to get your accreditation, and then 
every year you have to continue to show your accreditation through being a dietitian and also being a sports dietitian. So I get wow. a lot from those things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think in terms of sports dietitian, like um, there's definitely different avenues of sports dietetics. Yeah. You know, we can go down the road of more doing sort of um, just sports purely, but my sort of area of interest is doing more CrossFit athletes, you know, people who like to sort of train on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, so, and also um, looking sort of at your typical Joe Blow person who's a weekend warrior as well. Yeah. Do you think it's important for for someone to be seeing a dietitian um, sort of, you know, if something goes wrong, then I come and see you or um, – if I want to lose weight, I come and see you or can you come and can you, can I, you know, come and talk to you about general health and well-being, even if there's nothing wrong, even if there's no yeah. issues or I don't have any health concerns, um, you know. I, prevention is, a, prevention is so important, yeah. you know. Um, I think we live in a world where there's so much metabolic disease. Um, our families, you know, inundated with high blood pressure or diabetes yeah. or um, you know, I'm just thinking about a girl who I had who was 19 and her doctor said, oh, you don't really need to come and see the dietitian. But with an own accord, she said, I want to go see the dietitian. And because she knew that her behavioral eating, like fit and healthy, trains well, is a nurse, but her behavioral eating patterns was really bad. Yeah. In the sense that she was binging all day, not really having insight into how to eat. Yeah. Not really understanding what to eat. And just on her own accord thought that this could become a problem later yeah. in the future, not really addressed now. And I said, like, good on you for doing that. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be a medical issue yeah. to consolidate with us. A lot of the time people get to that position, yeah. um, you know, later in their life where they may have some sort of diagnosis or there's been a wake-up call or maybe through a heart attack or something that's, you know, that's um, an unfortunate circumstance. Yeah. Um, and that sort of allows them to sort of address the health conditions. But, there, you know, I say even as as, as a dietitian, yeah. I've consulted with dietitians myself just to get a bit of insight into understanding about how to change things as yeah. well and how to improve yeah. um, our general well-being. So it may not be like consecutive uh, resu- um, appointments that we may need with them, but it may be one or two that they might just have a bit of insight to some behavioural changes that they might want to have an understanding into because – you know, potentially that could lead to bad behaviours yeah. or, you know, lifelong uh, um, medical issues if not addressed sort of when they're quite young. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I want to dig into this a little bit when you talk about behavioural um, issues and, and um, you know, behavioural type of eating, especially now with COVID and, I mean, I've lost track of what week we're in with lockdown, but yeah. I feel like yeah. there's sort of two directions that people can go down with this lockdown. It's either I have all this time in my, on my hands, um, I'm at home, I can cook, I can eat better, I can look after my health a little bit more, or the opposite, which, I mean, I know I'm I'm super guilty of, is I'm at home, I'm just constantly opening the fridge and all yeah. the pantry or just snacking instead of eating all day and my excuse is, oh, well, I've got the kids so I don't have time to – whatever it is, whatever it might be. So there's these two different directions. How important is is it to be conscious of your behaviour when you're eating? And this, is yeah, this I, I guess, applies, you know, outside of lockdown as well. Absolutely. I mean, lockdown has just given people a bit more of an insight to understanding – the potential behaviours when they are, are like not working in an office. Yeah. Um, 
Well, for some, it's definitely allowed them to excel and be great. Like some people are like, this is like probably the best thing that's happened to me. I've got time to, you know, incorporate a bit more exercise. The two-hour commute that I would do on a day-to-day basis has now been with meal prep and exercise. So there has been definitely positives for some. Yeah. Um, there's also that possibility of leading to that increased anxiety, mm-hmm. um, increased stress. Um, you know, there's obviously – the unknown of what to expect with some work, um, with, with work with some people. So mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of um, heightened stress levels, sure. which eating can be a coping mechanism for for some in in that in that sense. So mm-hmm. so what we're really trying to focus on is looking at what are the behaviours that we're doing on a day to day basis yeah. that could sort of lead us into trouble. And we don't want to feel people that feel guilty, yeah. but we sort of need to know that those sort of types of behaviours like, you know, standing and eating at the fridge or having dessert every single night or, yeah, like those things that are creeping in, like, you know, not exercising, inadequate fluid intake. Um, so, so the basis of things that we probably want to focus on is maybe keeping an eye like a record. So just going back to the simplicity of keeping a bit of a record of what you are doing yeah. on a day-to-day. And the second I probably would say is um, maybe looking at like what things have you started implementing, what like what um, behaviours yeah. have you started implementing being at home that you know that's sort of not something you should be doing on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. You know? And I think it's more that sort of let my hair down, let, I can overindulge, but we really need to say, well, this potentially is a new normality for some people. We're, we're going to be working from home. Yeah. Um, I won't have access to the kitchen all the time so we we really want to be identifying number one that level of hunger yep. and two still trying to prioritize some form of exercise in the day because that became the normality for most of us you know going to work and the training in the morning then then um, working from home so it's still trying to create some sort of structure within the day because we tend to lose that i mean i always talk about the hunger scale i'm not sure if you guys have really heard about that before no t- tell me a bit about that okay so there are like um, there are ten different levels of hunger. You know, one being starving, two being sort of like feeling a bit lightheaded, and then you know three being that able to identify signs of hunger. And then we and then it goes up to between you know one and two being the most dangerous in terms of starvation. Yeah. Three three to seven. So three, like I said, is sort of being able to identify that level of hunger and. And if it was suggested, I could eat. And then number seven, being like satisfied, so yep. finishing the meal feeling satisfied. But then eight into ten is saying feeling uncomfortably full, overeating, and ten being like extremely full. Okay. Um, you know, when you feel like you're really sick. Yep. So I get people to really to start become more aware of that hunger okay. and um, and the satiety because the problem is. We're finding that being at home, we're often leading to food out of boredom or procrastination or stress. Yeah. So if we're saying being bored, we're not necessarily – and then looking at the hunger level scale, we're then saying, okay, well, for that level of hunger, I'm not really hungry, then I, I know I am doing that boredom eating. So keeping a record in addition to the hunger scale yeah. pick you up on the behaviours that we're sort of doing regularly. And it's not to say that, like, you know, no one wants dessert – I tend to have something every night, but I know it's something I enjoy and it's something I look forward to. But if I was to have that regularly throughout the day, I know it's a bad habit that I'm, I'm incorporating on a day-to-day basis, which will get me in trouble. Yeah. So 
I think, yeah, like for the, those that are working from home, um, you know, who are noticing that those behavioural eating patterns aren't being so great, probably looking at just keeping a simple food diary. And I also keep it written and visual because it's in your front of your face. Yeah. And then maybe starting to identify your level of hunger before and after a meal because we, we tend to sometimes get to that point of overeating and snacking too much to that point of feeling super uncomfortable and maybe we don't want to eat a meal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there are just some things we're working a lot with our patients at the moment who are at home. And I guess being able to identify it, if you're seeing they're written on paper, like one, as you said, having a, having a visual and having it in front of you, because it's so easy to forget what you've had throughout the day. If you are just going to the fridge, having a quick snack, but doing that throughout the whole day. It's so easy to forget. Yeah. And then you see it written on paper and you're like, oh, my God, that's what I've eaten eaten throughout the day. That's a lot. (laughs) And you wouldn't realize otherwise. It's so true. It's so true. And it's especially fine that when people um, are standing, um, you know, we talk about the behavioral eating, like standing at the pantry or making a tea and, you know, Yep. That it all it all accounts, you know. I know every night I make a tea and I usually like get my yogurt and berries in it too. And then I'll go, oh, some nuts here and then you know, it becomes like a little meal that you can technically consume by the time you sit down. So yep. it's being mindful of that and just keeping a record of, of what you are eating. Because a lot of time people tend to dismiss what they've eaten and not acknowledge that they've eaten it yep. if they haven't been seated. And if you that's really interesting. The, st- the, eat, the things you eat when you're standing, you don't acknowledge it. And if you're someone who's trying to, for example, if you're trying to lose weight and we know that it's, you know, calories in versus calories out, all these little things that you're not thinking about because you think, oh, I had my breakfast, lunch and dinner and an apple, but then what about yeah. all the other things in between? It all adds yeah, up. I, I mean, I get the perfect food diary all the time. you know don't you straight away as soon as you see it you know i'm like "Uh uh-huh okay so what coffee do you get they're like oh extra large i'm like okay yep so then you sort of tap into some of the extra things that um come in but you know it it definitely can be and and there's obviously then the talk about like you know the intermittent fasting which i'm definitely um really fond of especially i find it actually works really well people at home um it's good to be hungry and i feel this is the problem a lot of the time we don't allow ourselves to get hungry um and it's crazy some people like i never have experienced hunger because i i fear to be hungry but i'm like it's a good sign it's good to give our body some rest and digest time you know let it utilize some of the extra nutrients that we have as storage um as a source of energy yeah how, what do you mean it's good to be hungry? How, like, you? I wouldn't want to be at a point where I'm hangry because I'm the type of person that no, gets really no. <laughs> angry. So, yes, I'm the same. So, no, we talk about, we talk about the, the levels of hunger. So, like, severe hunger, like starvation, that's obviously purposely allowing yourself not to eat. Or, you know, when people are just super busy and they're just dismissing them, like, oh, my God, I've just forgotten to eat all day. And then yeah. that could be that starvation. Um, and then, you know, then you become physical signs of hunger where you start to feel lightheaded, a bit nauseous, something yep. you get reflux, that's another sign. We don't want to be that. We want to be able to be like, yep, I'm hungry, I can eat now, yep. um, if it was suggested, but I can also give myself another half an hour to an hour to sort of hold off. Okay, yeah. Um, 
because it's allowing you to become insightful into what hunger is. Yeah. Where if we're automated pilots of eating at eight o'clock, you know, then and it's it's okay. Like I, I'm a person who wakes up hungry. Like yeah. I generally just wake up hungry. So I find that the fasting doesn't work for me because I'm bloody starving every morning. Yeah. But it's something I'm just like, okay, it's good. It's good to feel hunger. It means yeah. that obviously my body's metabolizing food a bit quicker. Yeah. As well. Um. But what I mean by that is some people just eat constantly throughout the day and don't allow themselves to be hungry because, yeah. they, because they're being grazing. Yeah. So by the time it comes to an evening meal, um, there's no real like, desire to want to eat, but they just eat because it's there. Because it's dinner so time. And sort it's, of, yeah. Because it's dinner time, you know, and if the family's eating, they're going to eat. But, you know, so we, we it's, it's okay to also not be super hungry all the time, but what yeah. we're trying to allow you to do is become what is what does it feel like to feel hungry? Yeah. You know, what does a physical sign of hunger mean to us? Yeah. That makes sense. That's a good point going, okay, well, I could eat now, but I, I'm also okay to wait another 20, 30 minutes. That's really interesting. I, I tend to um, not so much now being at home, but, you know, when I had, particularly when I worked in corporate and I had the office job, it was I ate breakfast at the same time every single day and I ate lunch at the same time every single day. And it wasn't because I was hungry. It was because that's the time that I ate lunch and then I have an hour for lunch and then I go back and I do my work and then at five o'clock I do this or at three o'clock I go down and get my coffee and muffin or whatever it was, but everything was scheduled. And I think often it was just even, you didn't even think about it. It just, you just did it. It's that, that was your routine. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Just, you know, being mindful of it. Automated to do that. Yeah. I mean, some people's works don't allow them to be able to be as flexible, unfortunately. Um, you know, there's obviously even my, in when I'm consulting, like my lunchtime is my lunchtime or, you know, it happened the other week, like a patient couldn't come to their 11.30 to 12.30 appointments. I had to put them in my lunch break and then force to sort of eat lunch at 11.30. Otherwise I'm not going to eat till dinner. Yeah. You know, so there, there are times when, you know, circumstances aren't as perfect as they want to need to be. Yeah. But it's also, I sort of hadn't eaten in that position as well yeah. and hadn't prepared something accessible because then I'm like, oh, my lunch break originally was meant to be an hour at one thirty, but it's now half an hour because we'll be waiting for this patient for half an hour. And, you know, if I don't have anything accessible, like the accessibility of having things available will just put you out of a risk of sort of eating crap and then binging later as well. Which is why planning is so important and prepping. Yeah, like, you know, I get a lot of people who say that they don't want to do prep. Um, and that's okay. Like prepping doesn't mean doing and weighing everything and having everything, you know, in, in beautiful boxes and portioning out between your protein carbs and veggies. It doesn't have to be like that. It's that, that's what you see on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, listen, I do that too. But, <laughs> I'm not that disciplined. Not like that every day, I promise. <laughs> I tell you, it's not like that every time. And I get over it too. I don't want to eat the same thing all the time. So I'm yeah. like, oh, made three of these. I'm over it. But. Um, <laughs> I think I talk about like having things accessible um, and having an intentional an idea as to what you are going to eat. Um, and I think like I don't know I'm a real foodie, so I like knowing what I'm going to go have. But some people really have no interest in what they eat. They're like I couldn't care less, and I don't want to think about their next meal. But that can also put you in a position of then coming to two o'clock and being that starvation, hitting that one or two, and being like, I'll just make anything that I have in front of me. Yeah. So, or Uber Eats will be here in ten minutes. I'm just going to do that. 
man, Uber Eats, I reckon their shares have gone up. They are <laughs> killing it. Yeah. <laughs> they are killing it. Everyone says support the locals. I'm like, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. <laughs> Uber Eats every night for dinner. <laughs> oh, it's it's actually surprising how many people have reverted to um, takeaways frequently at being at home. Well, yeah. so we initially we were like the first couple of weeks it was the whole, oh, we're in lockdown, we'll, we'll just yeah. order. And then we quickly realised that, no, this is getting quite dangerous and we can't do this all the time. Um, but what we started doing was we've now gone to online grocery shopping um, and I find this has really helped me sort of plan and prepare. So I don't food prep for a whole week. Um, at what you were talking about was having an idea of what we're going to have. So like I'll, know, I'll, I'll order in my weekly shop, you know, chicken for one night, beef for one night, fish for one night, whatever it is. Um, and then we'll have one yes. or two nights a week where we'll do takeout. And it's yeah. not the, the spending all day Sunday prepping food, but it's having an idea, exactly what you said, having an idea of what you're going to get. And then doing the online shopping as well, I found has helped us. And, you know, this is just my own experience and opinion, but um, really see what we're consuming and what we're having. And we've sort of had to stop ordering all the blocks of chocolates and things like that because we're here and we just go and yes. attack the, the, the pantry. So. Yeah, you get to, yeah, you get to see your shopping list on the old the online, right? So yeah. all the time you're frequently purchased. They're like, oh, God, this, this um, lint chocolate is really coming uh, a regular, you know, so it, yeah. it becomes quite, you know, it, it's a good way to sort of plan. And also, I mean, we know that obviously going into the shops as well, depending on the time of day and when you're feeling hungry or whatnot, there is that intention to over-purchase when you are in the shop. Yes. Yeah. Um, just purely because you see specials or you may see someone else, with something and you're like, oh, that's interesting, and then you know you also might be hungry, so that that could be a, a typical time when you'd be a bit more vulnerable and yeah. over purchase. And so I think the online shopping has definitely kept people a lot more control. Yeah. Um, the common complaint, unfortunately, is that with online shopping that people aren't able to get the produce that they want as well. Yeah. Um, but you know, I so said you just got to really improvise with what you're sort of doing, like. Yeah. All right, maybe your intention was to do this particular meal, but you sort of just improvise with what we have because, you know, as long as there is the accessibility of the ingredients, you know, some sort of protein, incorporate yep. a bit more vegetables and salads and stuff, all that's going to be quite worthwhile than sort of just reverting to buying and taking away type of meal anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wanted to ask you about um, when you're changing behaviors, when you're trying to change a behavior, how important it is to, and I, I know what I'm like personally, um, if I try and cut things out, I end up binging after a few weeks. Um, yes. How yes. important is it to swap something out or replace that one habit with another rather than just going, okay, I'm just going to not have any bad food or I'm not just, I'm not going to have any sugar for six mm. months or whatever it might be. Yeah, I think that's so important. I'm really, um, obviously being like working in the field now, like close to nearly 10 years, um, you get to see what really works with your clients and the behavior and your approach as well. I mean, I work with a lot of genes. There's definitely been a lot of um, challenges and some people thrive off the challenges because it's an incentive to get back on track. And that's cool. Like it's, it's good. You know, it's, it's encouraging for some, yeah. um, but the, the behaviors is so important to, to change. And I think, you know, if we start to take out what are the measures, you know, um, what are the goals 
And I can definitely see this from some of my clients who I really focus. When you know there is that psychological, mental habit and behavior, which potentially leads to binge eating, and you can see that there's a lot of shame put upon themselves, you really want to take them out of that shame box and you really want to say, don't feel guilty for what you're sort of doing. You just really need to work on making you a better person and better relationship with food. So it's also reassessing the goals. So I, I really would say clients in that scenario, I don't do any sort of weights for them. Don't do like sort of any measurements because you want to really get them to become aware that that that's not the goal. Yeah, the goal is for them to develop good, sustainable behaviors that's going to prevent them from developing some sort of metabolic syndrome or, you know, and and uh, it's funnily enough, I I actually picked up myself on better behaviors than I need to pick up. And I said, September, I'm like, today's the first day of September. It's a beautiful day of spring. I'm going to yep. start working on behaviors. And even for me, it's, it's focusing on hydration. It's focusing on moving a bit more because of being a bit more sedentary. Yep. Um, and then making sure I'm incorporating a minimum of four sessions a week. So, like, those are sort of the behaviors I'm trying to implement. And that's just an accountability checklist that I've developed. But I think if you do, like, the elimination, people then become very good for a short period of time. Yeah. However... It's only so long you can sustain something so strict for. And psychologically, to be told not to do something makes you want to. You want it, yeah. 100%, yeah. Oh, completely. Like I never thought about the chocolate, but now because you said I can't have it, I'm going to make sure I try and figure out every way I can figure out how to have yeah. it without <laughs> cheating. I'm just going to lick the spoon. <laughs> I'm going to Just smell, smell it. it. <laughs> Chew it and then spit it. I'm like, do you get that? Have you seen? Did people do that? Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. You look at the calories, you know, and I'm like, you are going to end up eating that two box of chocolate in the next yeah. week if you don't sort of yeah. allow yourself to have it. Some people really need to be that out of sight, out of mind, and I can understand if there isn't that that relationship with food yet. There, yeah, we mm-hmm. can work towards that, but um, I think it's important to allow yourself to be okay with having certain things because. Yeah. We're all not, we're human. Yeah. Um, we, we love things. And it's more about the transition. So, one, not to overwhelm yourself with changing how many behaviors you want to change. Yeah. Um, and I had a fantastic girl yesterday. She was like, um, I'm seeing a PT once a week, and the PT told me I have to do this, this, and this, and count my calories. And then she's like, I just became so anxious. Yeah. And I just wanted to say anything like I can't. And she came back to me and I said, listen, just have a chat with me. Let him know about the anxiety. And we'll just work on the simple things. You know, yeah. we, we are. She's like, okay, just, I just, just let him do the PT stuff and have a chat with him about that. So he's aware that we're all on the same page. You yeah. Know? So people become very, very overwhelmed with trying to change too many different things. You know, everyone's a type A personality. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's sticking with things that you know, you can change the most yeah. and that you actually can adhere to and being loving yourself and being okay with who you are within your own skin but, and not comparing yourself to others because I think the comparison is, is the worst thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. People comparing their own health and their weight and my friend does this and this was successful for them and yeah. it's like saying, well, you are your own body, we are your own DNA. But yeah, I, I'm a great believer like swapping things. Yeah. And a prime example had a page on the week and she's like, if I don't have connoisseur, I don't have anything. I'm like, that's not a really good mentality to have because <laughs> we know the calorie cons- consumption of connoisseur is going to be quite high and you're yeah. really going for it most days. Yeah. So why don't you have something a bit more accessible that's a bit better for you that you can still enjoy? Yeah. 
but have the connoisseur more of an awakened thing yeah. um, or in a social setting. I always talk about eating within a social setting. Like yeah. if you really love something, having it with someone you love or, you know, your husband or your partner because if you're doing it on your own every night, then yeah, then we know that's sort of becoming a bad habit. Yeah. So, yeah, like, you know, in her case, we said, all right, having that something swapping it well, that I know is like a third of the energy, yeah. but being okay with having it still in the weekend. And, you know, that's all about negotiation because if I was to say, Melissa, you can't have that, and she'll go, oh, shit, all right, I'm going to – can't have that, but she'll, she'll go and have it. Yeah. So – And it becomes – and then it becomes like a – um you know, a, a secretive sort of that guilt and that shame and that I've got to hide it from you because I'm not allowed to have it. And yes. the association that you then make with that bad food is I'm not allowed yes. to have it, but I'm eating it. And then I'm going to punish myself for eating it by having more like that. Yes. It's like a cycle that just. Oh, a vicious cycle. Um, and the sense of relief, if people get like the side when they leave, like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Like you can tell me I can have ice cream. I'm like, yes. <laughs> because you have to be kind to yourself we, we all have goals and we all yeah. want to stick within our goals but it's not that once a week ice cream that's going to affect your goal yeah you know um it's it's more focusing on the day-to-day behaviors i said honestly like the worst thing you could probably be doing is drinking your glass of juice and grabbing that large coffee and consuming that cookie every time you're at the coffee shop than having the ice cream yeah. twice a week you know and that, that's a daily behavior yeah um so, yeah, I would say, like, you know, for anyone, like, in the gym, I probably would say number one is probably identifying the behavior that they want to change, how can they change it, what sort of swaps they can do, and being okay with themselves with having something that they enjoy yeah. but looking forward to it. Because let's be honest, if you were to get, like, Deliveroo beautiful restaurant food every day, you get sick of it. Yeah. You don't enjoy it. You don't look forward to it. And that's mm-hmm. where I say to people, you tend to – this is what I'm noticing. A lot of individuals who used to work in the city um, would eat out – lunch and dinner or breakfast and lunch every day at work, you know, and they're saying you tend to lose the enjoyment, especially those that work in Barangaroo, you know, um, all these beautiful restaurants. They just become the norm. And I'm like, well, your Saturday night enjoyment dinner doesn't become enjoyable anymore because it's your your Friday lunch. It's it's the same routine. So it's okay to sort of not have the most – luscious meals every day because you want to have that enjoyment factor yeah. when you do go out for those you know there's nice quality meals and not to feel guilty of course about them yeah 100 percent. and it, and the the novelty then doesn't wear off and you can still as you said you enjoy those we've um yeah absolutely and and I guess it's also what works for you and and your circumstances and your family and you know I know over the years with my changing circumstances how I eat and how I prep and my, my the way I view f- food has changed completely um, and that's just circumstantial mm-hmm. you know when I was single and didn't have kids and I was competing it was Sundays measuring prepping um, counting calories if I needed to because I had to cut weight for a competition now I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't I don't even know how much I weigh at the moment like <laughs> you know and yeah. I think it's important again for for people in you 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 hit the nail on the head before when you said not to compare because you don't know what someone else's circumstances are, um, what their goals are and where they are in that in their journey. And it sounds a bit cliche but I, yes. now with social media and everyone putting things on there that are not necessarily accurate or not necessarily true, like it's no. it's so hard not to get caught up in it. Um, 
but I think yeah, you yeah. you said it perfectly. Like you just can't compare. Well, you can't compare, and I think we also. Um, I mean, you can also get stuck into the right that we think we know someone on social media. Yeah. But I guarantee you, no one knows anyone. Um, and the other side of the thing is, is that people also assume that there's a perfect life and this is how they. Yeah. It's not that hard to put on a beautiful post and what you eat in a day and yep. this is how perfect your life is. But it's there are circumstances that come about and, you know, you also really need to understand what's the definition of health. Um, what's your goal? What's your definition of health? And yep. health has a different, different definition between each individual. Yep. Um, a lot of the time people define health as a weight factor, but it's – it's not. Yeah. It's and this is what I love about CrossFit because CrossFit's never really a measure about weight. It's yeah. about performance. It's about you know can you excel with lifting or can you excel with achieving this gymnastic um, movement. So there's always a progression yeah. um, where it's not aesthetics of how you look as such. Um, and that's and that's why I love CrossFit because it takes away that presentation of a weight factor yeah. as well. Yeah, it was the one thing, like for me anyway, it was as soon as I started CrossFit, it was a very quick change in mindset from I want to look this way so I need to lose this many kilos so that Mm. I can look a certain way to, okay, well, how can I eat better to get that lift or to squat more or to whatever. Like it, it, the change in mindset was very, very quick and it was the best thing that came out of it. It's amazing. I mean, and remember when I started, I, I came five kilos and I was like, I went from a, um, a boot camp and PT and then gone into CrossFit and I was like, oh, the, the boot camp was all about calorie restrictions and, you know, doing so much cardio and, yep. and then I went into this and then my body shape had changed, but upper body traps, you know, yep. and then I was like, wow, I'm gained five kilos, but I'm feeling great, feeling great, like, you know, fitting into my clothes can definitely do a full up. So the, the, the presentation of how, you know, taking the way that weekly weight that you've done, do get done at boot camp, like was just diminished. And some of your, my goals have definitely had changed by then. It was like, okay, how well can I perform? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a nice place to be mentally, I think, especially, um, for not to say that guys don't experience it because I think they definitely do but all, but um you know we've had we've had schools come into the gym high schools and there's these 13 and 14 year olds asking how they can lose fat on their arm or lose fat on their belly or whatever and you you just want to be like one you're too young to be thinking about this but social media um but two like change it like oh you just want to be able to get them to shift the mindset from I have to look this way to what can I perform and how can I perform and how can I fuel for that yes um but you know that's an uphill battle and a whole nother conversation in itself yeah I do want to I, I did want to say a huge thank you. I, I'll, I'll wrap it up and I want to say a huge thank you for chatting with us today. Um, and, you know, hopefully those of you guys listening, if you're feeling a little bit stuck in lockdown and a bit down about where you're at with it, I, I hope that this has helped a little bit. Um, I'm going to post Marianne. Um, sorry about Ada in the background. <laughs> um, Marianne, I'm going to post your details as well um, on thank our you. socials so that people can get in touch. Nutrition Solution Sydney you guys are doing um, obviously online um, consults and things like that but your locations are Hurstville Miranda 
That's correct. Yeah, we've both yep. heard from Miranda. Um, still do like quite a lot of li- online as well. So yep. pretty happy to see patients as well. Yeah, awesome. So yeah, guys, if you do have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, Marianne's amazing, and and you know you've seen a lot of our members, and we get rave reviews. So thank you so much for today, and thank you for your time as always. And um, and you. look forward to part two. Yeah, I look forward to it definitely. Thanks, Marianne. Thanks, have a great day. Thanks so much for joining us on the 168 Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and follow us at 168 Podcast on socials. We'll see you next time.